We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly. To introduce you to a star financial advisor, the founder of Her Money, Jean Chatsky, who's been on the Oprah channel, on the Today Show. She's written many books. And Jean has also just started a new show on WCBS News Radio with Soledad O'Brien called Everyday Wealth. And producer Neil A. Caruso will join me in this talk about money with Jean. And first, Jean, I'd like to ask you, we'll focus today on financial advice for business owners. What are the top two or three financial mistakes that you see business owners make? First of all, hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. I think one of the mistakes is just not setting out a plan that contains the the amount of money that you're going to need to get yourself not just up and running, but give yourself enough runway to experience and establish some success particularly right now with with so many people joining the great resignation leaving their workplaces we've seen a lot of people particularly women launch businesses hang out a shingle take their skills and try to turn it into a revenue stream for themselves and if you can do it with a client or two under your belts that's fantastic but you need to also understand what it's going to cost you, not just to get going, but to keep going as you gain some ground. So that's that's number one. I just would say- on that one, it's interesting because it can be like you're operating out of the cash register and you never, it's like the old sign, this is the faster I go, the behinder I get. And I know some small businesses operate that way, right? So the plan will get that off your back. Right. The plan will help you. Look, I, I'm a numbers person. I, I take heart in the numbers and I find numbers really comforting when it comes to my own personal finances, but when also when it comes to the finances of my business, because numbers don't lie. They, they tell you where you are. They tell you what you need to do in order to succeed. But a lot of people are just afraid to look at the numbers in their life and in their business, and, and they need to get over that um, fairly quickly. Um, the, the second mistake that I, I see people making, especially when they come out of large companies, mm-hmm. is um, to continue to operate that way. And you got to be scrappy. 
especially when you're bootstrapping. I, I remember early on in in um, in my business, I, I started working um, with a guy who had come out of a big investment bank and we wanted to do some focus grouping. And his idea was, well, you hire a focus group company. And my <laughs> idea was, no, you send out some feelers through your social channels and your newsletter and you ask people to show up for a Zoom call that costs you nothing or it predated Zoom. I think it was some sort of a WebEx or something. But, you know, it, we, we have to be very conscious of every dollar that we're spending. And and the third thing I would say is don't underestimate how important hiring is and how difficult it is. Um, particularly those first few hires are so important. And right now, especially with the labor market so tight, you're going to want to make sure that you get it right. And, and I would say, try, try to put into place some sort of a trial period. If you can get somebody to come and work with you for a couple of months on a freelance basis, on a contract basis, before you put them on payroll, before you put them on salary, do it because you don't want to go down that employee road when you're uncertain. And these are the types of answers that have made Gene so popular and successful, specific, not theoretical. I love this idea that you've spoken about to try to transition from selling your time or selling each widget to selling your reputation instead. What, what, what are you getting at there, Gene? What's that about? Boy, you know, I mean, I, I feel like I've, I've built my business this way. Um, I, I spent a lot of time, 25 years on the Today Show. I, I built a reputation as somebody who makes money understandable. Um, and now I have applied that in a number of different ways, um, helping companies talk to the women in their audience, helping companies talk to their employees, all about money, right? And so you you figure out what your secret sauce is. You figure out what people think or say, oh, she's really good at that. And then you look at, okay, how can I monetize that? Um, I mean, I could, I could try to make a better wallet there are a lot of people making wallets. Wallets are related to money, but that's not that's not what I'm good at. I'm I'm good at the explanation. That. So what's the phrase? Uh, where's the beef? In this case, <laughs> it would be what's the that? Right. What's the that? Some people say, "What's your superpower?" Right. Everybody has a superpower. You got to know what yours is. And often it's the thing that other people will tell you you're really good at. So pay attention when they compliment you. Right. And super skill is also sometimes how that's referred to. Neil. Thanks, Joe. Gene, uh, you mentioned the great resignation earlier, which is really outstanding when you look at that. Uh, from a business owner's perspective, how do you manage that turnover? Boy, oh boy, it, it is hard. And, and I've experienced some of it at, at Her Money just this year. I think you're always looking for new candidates. I think you're always meeting with people that you think you might want to bring on board, even if you don't have a job for them, 
right now. But I also think it's really important to try to be managing and encouraging the talent that you have. Yes, people are changing jobs for money. The, the great resignation really has, um, you know, it has a couple of elements, but one big element are, are hospitality workers, food service workers who are really going um, across the street to make a couple of additional dollars every hour. Um, but but if you've got people on your team that you want to help grow, that you want to encourage to grow, you, you need to know what they want, right? If you're not asking them what they want, then they're going to look for what they want elsewhere. Um, try however you can to if it's important to you to keep them, to provide them that. And then I think it's just important for us to realize wages are going up um, and, and, um, and benefits are important. And if you are employing people, you need to pay attention to, particularly for our younger workers, what's going to make them not just feel valued, but emotionally and mentally supported and healthy. Um, the, the Gen X workers in particular, Gen, Gen Z workers rather in particular, have had a, a really tough go of it. Yeah. And that speaks to management and leadership too, Gene. Um, when you look at someone who's just starting a business and particularly younger people, what are the principles that you teach um, that people should really look at as they're growing their passion? Because they start in, they're very passionate about something. Maybe they have a solution to a problem, but the financial principles really have to be at the core of, of that first year, right? Yeah. I mean, like I said at the beginning, you want to make sure that you've got enough money to give yourself some runway. Um, I would be, you know, honest in your expectations of what you'll be able to produce, what you'll be able to earn. Um, you want to, as a, as a small business owner, as a startup person, um, you want to be really conscious of the fact that your own personal finances and in particular your credit are going to provide the backbone for any money that you borrow. Um, to get this business off the ground, uh, you're, many small businesses rely on their own credit cards, but even those that establish lines of credit, your personal credit will be taken into account. So keep that as clean as absolutely possible. And, um, and then I would also say, realize what you can't do. Realize what you're not good at. And as you start to bring in other people to support you, whether they're employees or contractors or freelancers, look for people who do those things better than you do. Don't be threatened by the fact that they have skills that you don't. Um, I hire people in their 20s. I do it all the time. Um, and I and I do it because I'm going to lean on them for their social media skills. I'm going to lean on them when it comes to, you know, I understand they grew up in a, in a digital world that I did not grow up in, that they're more comfortable um, helping me get on TikTok than I would be getting on TikTok myself. And and so I think I think we have to understand what we're not good at and and support ourselves that way. Jill? Gene, do you think that business owners are fundamentally different in any way from non-business owners? I think they're more optimistic. Um, I think uh, I think business owners have an inherent sense that this is going to work, that I can do this. They are they're more confident in their own 
abilities. Um, that can be good and that can be bad, right? I mean, if you're if you're overly confident, you can you can lead yourself astray. Um, but I I do think they're they're different in that way. Um, some business owners just don't want to work for anybody else. Um, I think there there's definitely a breed like that. I think it's a growing breed, particularly now. Um, that's never been me. I, I feel like I have um, many bosses because my clients are all my bosses. Uh, but I, I do know entrepreneurs who are that way. What advice do you have for new business owners or any business owner on selling and negotiating price? And you can talk for an hour and we'll come back and turn <laughs> off the tape. No. I, mean, I don't think it's topics. any different than negotiating for salary. Um, you got to do your research. You have to understand what is the going rate in the market. What is what is the what are people willing to pay for your services? What are they paying other people for similar services? And then you've got to just implement a rate increase. Um, and it's not it, when you are running a business, it's it's not that you're necessarily asking for more money, although that may be the case depending on on the clients that you service. But if you're selling something, if you're selling a widget, as you said before, you know, it may just be time to increase the price of that widget or make that widget a little smaller. You know, it's not only Kellogg's or other cereal companies that can indulge in a little shrinkflation. We got to we got to figure out ways to um, to improve your bottom line. You've said that women tend to apologize for things more than men. Uh, what do you mean and how do you stop that? Have you ever played tennis or pickleball with a woman? Right. right? I mean, uh, it, it, yeah. it, I'm it, sorry. I, you hit the shot. Of, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I do it too. And people have told me to stop. Um, it, we just, I think, I, I think it is um, habit for many of us. I think it's rote for many of us. And, and I do think we should, um, we should try our best not to, um, not to apologize. I, uh, you know, one way to get around it is instead of being apologetic, um, just be grateful, you know, th say thank you when you are trying to, when you are inclined to say, I'm sorry. I know it doesn't sound like a substitution that works, but it, it often does. And one more before we go back to Neil, because it ties in with sales and negotiating. Do you have any advice when you put out a proposal and, and, and the client likes it and the potential client likes it, but they can't afford this. It's just too expensive. I, I, I can't pay anything like this. I, I just actually had a situation <laughs> like this and I walked um, and, and I walked because the industry, no matter what industry you're in, is, is not as big as you necessarily think. And if you're willing to cut deals with one client, it's only a matter of time before the other client starts to ask for that same deal. And all of a sudden your margins aren't what they once were. So I think it's a slippery slope. Um, if, if you can figure out a way to 
um, have additional benefit through that relationship so that it makes sense to cut your price, then then you can you can do it. But you you also have to realize um, you can't serve everybody. Uh, and and there may just be times when when you have to say, I'm sorry, um, this has been great, but we're not going to be able to do this anymore. That's great advice. Neil, one yeah, more. Joe and I have heard a lot from business owners who have said, um, you know, they want to focus more on the uh, the big clients um, that are going to bring in more money and um, and, you know, not necessarily take on everybody, because like you said, you can't do everything. Um, so that's interesting. Let me ask you about risk. Um, how do you manage what to take on um, and look at your return on investment uh, when when you make those decisions? Uh, what you what should you be looking uh, at? I mean, this could be taking on a client. This could be, um, you know, considering uh, investing in something in your business. Uh, what do you look at in terms of making sure that you're getting the right ROI? Um, I, I think the factor that people don't look at too often is the time involvement. Um, you know, it's very easy to quantify the money. You know, the money's coming in, you look at the number, you see the contract, you know how much of that is going to go to expenses. What's a lot harder to quantify is how much of my time is this going to take? And if you have a sense of um, what how how much you should be bringing in per hour, how much you should be bringing in per day, it's going to be a lot easier for you to decide if it's worth trading this amount of your time for money. And it doesn't have to be your time, right? There may be deals where you are taking on a client and you understand that bringing on a client is going to mean hiring somebody to service that client. And that, that is also fine. But then, then we look at, okay, how much is that going to cost? How much are the benefits for that person going to cost? Um, how much of my time is it going to take to get that person up to speed? Um, time is the, is the place where people get stuck. And here's Neil with the question we both wanted to ask here to close. Neil? Well, Joe, you mentioned earlier about uh, Gene's new show, Everyday Wealth, which is on WCBS 880 on Sundays at 11. Uh, Gene, what do you hope to accomplish out of this new show? Who are your listeners that, that you want to reach? The listeners are anybody who is looking to make more of their money. In, in my uh, according to my definition, money is just a tool. Money, not just a tool, but it's an important tool that we all need to use wisely in order to get what we want out of our lives. That may involve investing it. It may involve saving it. It may involve protecting it with different um, financial instruments or insurance, preserving it with an estate plan. Anybody who cares about those issues um, is somebody who should be listening to this show that I'm hosting with Soledad O'Brien and um, that's being um, brought to you by the folks at Edelman Financial Engines. So I'm very excited about it. And we're so happy to have you and Soledad on WCBS. And it's been great to talk with you. You give great advice. Thank uh, you. Thank you very much, Jane. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Neil. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.